Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What's up, everybody? Matt Perino live in living color with Ryan Talbot, ready to go. It is Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast brought to you by Value Home Centers. Customers can shop anytime at valuehomecenters.com. Buy online, pick up today, or find a huge selection of products that ship to your local store from the warehouse for free. It is good to see you in person, my man. How are you? I'm doing well. Great day out there at practice with you, Matt. So uh, a lot to get into. A lot to get into. We saw a ton. I know a lot of people are locked and loaded. Uh, they want to get uh, to a lot of news nuggets that are coming out of practice today. Micah Hyde, I wrote up uh, my observations over at Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. You can go check those out right now. But we're going to start with Micah Hyde. It was a little bit of a scary moment out there today. Yeah, I mean, we were right there, Matt, for the action when it took place. Uh, and Aaron Josh Allen ball, Micah Hyde goes up, tries to make a play on it. Stefan Diggs comes in, tries to rip the ball out, lands hard on the ground, and he's down on the ground for a, a few minutes. And, you know, you could literally hear a pin drop at St. John Fisher University. That's how quiet it got with all those fans in attendance. Uh, down on the ground for a while, was able to eventually get up under his own power and limp off, and then uh, was carted away from the uh, from the stadium, from the field. But we've we've received some news since then. Yeah. So when it first happened, my first thought was like, you know, Jordan Poyer, all of the storyline leading up to camp, you know, talking about coming and playing without that contract, potentially getting hurt. Could you imagine him sitting over there on the sidelines watching that happen? And actually, there was a point where Poyer was kind of upset, kind of like, you know, made a hand gesture like, you know, that's his guy, right? Micah Hyde. It was a hard hit. Um, apparently, uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting that it's a minor injury, which is huge news for the Bills. Huge news for Bills fans that kind of were watching that. But, you know, before we get too far along here, I mean, that that gave the Bills an opportunity to shuffle the deck a little bit. Once Hyde went out, uh, Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin both got probably about equal reps, reps with the first team there. And I thought that uh, Hamlin played pretty well. I've been impressed. I don't know about you. Well, you, you haven't been here. So this is your first <laughs> practice out here, which, by the way, we're jammed right, right in the yeah. middle of a couple dorm room cots. How does it feel to be back in a dorm room? Did you dorm at Bonaventure? I, I did dorm okay. at Bonaventure, so I'm not, you know, I'm kind of liking this. I, I enjoyed the dorm experience back in the day. So, uh, yeah, this isn't too bad. But DeMar Hamlin's impressed me all week. 
because it, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of fanfare. You know, a former, I think it was a seventh round pick, sixth round pick. Yeah, late, day, day three, three pick. Yep, day three pick. And he's he's way back there on the depth chart. Behind Poyer and Hyde, you have um, Jaquan Johnson, who we just found out because we did the research today, going into his fourth season, <laughs> was drafted in 2019. Uh, and so he's he's really comfortable with the defense. You know, he's probably ready for an opportunity. But I think Hamlin's been really good. Had a big interception today. Uh, it was Case Keenum back there looking for Tavon Austin. What was your first impressions of Tavon Austin? What a big interception by DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, first, you know, Hamlin, uh, like you said, there's not a lot of fanfare there because when you think of this Bills defense, two of the first names you think of just in general over the last few years have been Poyer and Hyde, mm-hmm. one of the best safety combinations in this league. So when Hyde went down, first of all, obviously every fan was very upset about it. You don't want to see any of your premier players get hurt before the start of the season even uh, takes place. But to Hamlin's credit, he came in, he made a play on the defense. He's made some plays and practices. Uh, as you've noted, Jaquan Johnson's been here a while. So, you know, to Buffalo's credit, they've drafted young guys who have been in here now for a few years, Hamlin entering year two, that have learned the system. Uh, and now, you know, anything can happen in the NFL, man. So it's important for them to get reps like this. And when they do, to show up like Hamlin did today. We're going to talk about two guys for the next 10, 15 minutes, one on offense, one on defense. But before we do... Dorm life, you know, it's a little bit hectic, right? We're running all around campus. You've gotten a, like, a view of it today. You saw the cafeteria over at the field, the media press conference uh, area. Some people are giving me a hard time for a million water bottles in the back. I drank all of the waters. It's just, you know, you're kind of going, you're moving, you're grabbing waters in different places. So they all kind of collected on the back desk there. Uh, but don't worry. I didn't waste any water. I drank it all. Yeah, and you're right. I showed up at the field today with the water. It was gone pretty quickly when you're out there on – uh, the track that the sun beats down on you a little bit and you go through it quickly. Cafeteria, you're grabbing a few. So uh, I agree. It, it's understandable why you had so many back there, man. I'm, I'm seeing some comments in here. Ryan looks way skinnier than I thought he was. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> Maybe I need to rearrange how I have my camera set up at home. But uh, thank you, uh, I, I suppose. Did you, oh, you didn't. He didn't have a turkey burger. What'd you have? No, uh, they had some sesame chicken, broccoli, which, and rice. Which. Players say that they have like a stir fry station in the players part. That's, that's really popular. And you enjoyed the the, the sesame I chicken. I did. Yeah. You, you mix it all together and it's, it's pretty good stuff. Really soy saucy. That was my only complaint. Like a lot of soy <laughs> I, sauce. There, there are some pieces. Absolutely. All right. all right. So let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Your first look at Von Miller. And let, let's start there. Yeah. Before I get into my thoughts, like what was your takeaway? Because I've been watching him all week. This isn't any surprise for me, but man, he just, he looks different. Yeah, I mean, you know about all of his pass, pass rush moves in his arsenal. But he was like a freight train today at times, too, just knocking over offensive tackles. One specifically that we'll get into here in, in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, but but Miller so far is kind of living up to that hype, Matt. I mean, you sign a six-year, $120 million deal, and I know, fans, it's not truly a six-year deal. You can get out of it at certain points, but he's looking worth every penny based on the way that he was dominating today. Mm-hmm. So let's set this up a little bit. So today, really, if you want to, if we really want to get into the weeds, four projected Bills offensive line starters were not practicing today, um, or we're not with the first team today. Spencer Brown, he is, um, he had a procedure in the offseason. He he was part of team stuff on day one, and then they backed that completely off. He's not participated in team drills since last Sunday, so he wasn't available. David Questenberry was over there. Ryan Bates is out. So you had um, Cody Ford in at right guard. 
Mitch Morse, the only healthy uh, player at center. Then you have Greg Mance, who was in for the injured Roger Saffold, who still isn't practicing. And then we, uh, Deion Dawkins, he was excused for personal reasons today. So that meant Tommy Doyle, year two, round five, draft pick, and it did not go well for Tommy Doyle today. No, and listen, you're going against the first ballot Hall of Famer in, in Von Miller when the time comes, and you're right. Listen, it's midsummer, and I saw him on skates, Matt. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Uh, I, I saw though some more athleticism from him. He did a split on the field at one point when he fell. Uh, so needless to say, Von Miller was having his way with this offensive line, especially at the tackle positions, but as you pointed out in your observations, you know, a reason why the offense wasn't clicking today is Allen had little time. The defensive line was just kind of dominating the offensive line, which that's kind of to be expected when you're missing four of your projected starters. You know, the thing with Miller that continues to jump out and Dawkins talked about it two days ago is just, you think, even if you think you have some in the rep, you have some level of stability against him. He changes it so quickly. And I just felt like, there was a sense of frustration on Tommy Doyle's face today. And I think he had a few of those moments where he probably thought, all right, I did everything right. He probably came up out of, got into his stance quickly. He got his hand set. And, you know, even if you make a good punch move at the start, Miller's so good that you could probably punch him back. He's felt that from the very best in the business for over a decade now that he's got, he's got other moves. He's got other ways to win. He's had to have, found those over the years yeah listen if you're going to do this i'm going to do that and that kind of goes to his pass rush summit where he meets with all those young uh pass rushers and he talks about that he talks about if an offensive tackle does this to you here's what i would do here's here's some swim moves here's some power moves here's an outside move he has the full arsenal and and listen bills fans don't worry about his age that arsenal is looking as good as ever uh, I don't think there's any reason to be worrying about him at all in terms of slowing down. He still has a great first step. Yeah, uh, Pops is asking over on YouTube if, if Questenberry practiced today. Yeah, I did mention he was at right tackle. And when Von Miller was over there, it didn't go well for him either. I mean, you know, it's just Von Miller's just that next level of athlete, but it's good. And Dawkins mentioned this. You get a chance in practice to go against the guy that's going to – you're probably not going to see that. Right. Maybe say for a Miles Garrett, a Joey Bosa – Nick Bosa, maybe in a TJ Watt. I mean, that's probably the guys that can replicate what Von does. And I think Von does it in even more of a surprising way because, like Dion said, he's so like elastic with the way that he moves and bends his body that you just you don't see that from a lot of guys. And he's so athletic, even at 33. Yeah, the bend is real. The, the way that he can move around for his age, the way he can move around in general. Uh, Bills fans are going to be wild when they actually see him on the field come week one and during the 2022 season. So the, the question that I get the most on, on when I do like national radio hits or if I go on other podcasts is, is the hype, should the hype be real around Gabriel Davis, right? Like the guy went four touchdowns in uh, the playoff game last year, and he's now wide receiver too and poised for a potential huge breakout season. But man, you know, the guy that we're really just, I think to this point, not talking about enough and I, and he really should flash today, Isaiah McKenzie. And what we're seeing now with him is a guy that's totally comfortable in this offense. You know, I know it's a new um, offensive coordinator, but it's the same wide receivers coach. I mean, Chad Hall has been there since Isaiah McKenzie got here. I think this first year, if I remember, it was Terry Rubisky 
that was a wide receivers mm-hmm. coach and Chad Hall was the assistant. But you get my point. There's there's so much familiarity. He really understands his role in the offense and he's playing like it in this training camp. It's it's amazing. He made, I think, probably like five to seven catches today. And a lot of them are, you know, ho-hum. They're just like you've seen McKenzie do it a, a hundred times in this setting, in this practice setting before. But to me today, he really felt like, man, I think Isaiah McKenzie's ready to be that. I'll be there for you whenever you need me kind of guy. It reminds you a lot of Cole Beasy, even though McKenzie plays and has a different ceiling. Uh, he plays differently than Cole and has a different ceiling than Cole. But I, in terms of what Cole meant, especially early on for Josh, I think Isaiah can be a version of that. Yeah, listen, Isaiah McKenzie right now is oozing with confidence. The, the way that he is on the sidelines when he's hanging out with Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis, and then when he's actually in there, we saw Josh go to him a few times in a row, two or three throws in a row right to Isaiah McKenzie, and uh, he's hauling them in. He's getting open. He's doing what you would want your starting slot receiver to do. And to your credit, you've mentioned this over the last few days. He is uh, separating himself so much from the Jamison Crowders and everyone else that could potentially be in play for that job. And listen, that that's nothing against Khalil Shakir, who's a rookie. I think Shakir in time is going to give him a real run for his money. But Isaiah McKenzie is looking like the real deal right now. He's looking like he's going to be a matchup problem for teams. And, and uh, you know, if you're uh, into fantasy football meta, I would definitely spend a late round pick on Isaiah McKenzie. So let me ask you this. Now that you were here, now that it's been four days, four straight practices that Jamison Crowder has missed, how has that take from a couple of days marinated with you? Because I still see if I were to do a 53-man roster projection right now, and I was just kind of spring bro, or I was kind of workshopping that in the in the show that we did the other day, I, I'd probably have Crowder on the roster just because he offers you versatility. But man, I I'm, I gotta say I'm really concerned for a guy that has had this issue before in terms of availability. We talked about it, like the soft tissue stuff, the lower body stuff. When that kind of stuff pops up for him, he really like he, I feel like he misses more time than other guys just because of how much he's dealt with. Maybe he's ready to go tomorrow. Maybe he gets out there and pads. Maybe you know he connects with Josh Allen a couple times. When we move on to the you know the next whatever storyline we want to talk about. But I think that there's reason for concern at this stage with Crowder. If you were a uh, Crowder's going to have a big role in this offense person. Yeah, and at one point I was that person, and I I agree with you that, uh, you know, his spot is not locked down right now. Now, do I still think he makes this roster? Yes, Mm -hmm. I I do. Uh, I think he's had enough success in his career to show that when he is available, he's a guy that can be reliable in terms of catching the ball, yards after catch. You want your best receivers to make this team. That being said, availability is something that's so important to Sean McDermott and company, especially if you're going to be a receiver that maybe isn't going to be a a big contributor on on special teams. Mm -hmm. And if he's going to be on the bike continually over and over and over again and not going to be on the field, this is just going to hurt him the longer that this goes on. You have a question. Uh, What was your uh, takeaway on Khalil Shakir today? Didn't have a lot of action in the team stuff, but just watching him move, watching him go through drills. What did you think? Yeah, natural pass catcher. Um, I've seen some other people say that, but he uses his hands really well. There's never a bobble. Everything kind of comes very naturally to him as a pass catcher, which doesn't shock me. And I know comparing a college career to the NFL is night and day. But everything you saw out of uh, Khalil Shakir going into the NFL made me believe that he was going to always be someone that could catch the ball, mm-hmm. uh, someone that was going to be a difference maker in the slot or could potentially be. But yeah, I mean, he, he's lived up to the hype thus far, but today was a quiet day overall for him. 
Uh, I want to get into, uh, it's funny. Somebody asked me this on Twitter the other day about like, uh, the comment was my concern isn't what the bills are going to do in the red zone. My concern is how they're going to get to the red zone, which I thought was curious. I thought that they moved the ball pretty well last year. And, uh, so we'll see, but they did a full field drill at the end of practice, which is actually rare where they kind of line up the offense against the defense and ask them to go the length of the field and give them scoring opportunities. And we saw that. And McKenzie was clutch in that, on that drive. It was Gabriel Davis who was getting a couple plays as well. But I want to go into one of the plays that, you know, at the end of that um, drive and it was red zone. I want to say that they were within the 10 yard line and it was digs on Kyer Elam one-on-one. And that was an absolute fun, fun matchup to watch. I mean, they were, you could tell from the moment they line up from each other, Elam was way up on the line. You know, Diggs got a little separation off the jump, but then it was a, you know, the physical, it was, there's a lot of physicality in the rep ends up with an incompletion. Kyer Elam kind of standing over Stefan Diggs for a quick second. And then the, the rookie tick in his brain, <laughs> I think started going. He was like, Oh, here, let me help let you me up, sir. Let, let me, let me get, let me get, let me get you back up. But what a, what a rep for Elam in that moment. Yeah, Very good rep for Elam. Uh, you know, some fans probably want to know what was there. Was it physical? Yeah, it was. There were some hands. Uh, maybe it would have drawn a flag, especially Diggs versus a rookie, but I, I like the physicality that he's bringing. I like that. He's, showing confidence in his game and his skill set, Matt, because uh, whether he's going to be a starter from week one out of the gate, which I, I think in any scenario he is, depending, even if Trey's back, um, whatever, the, like I said, whatever the case is, the confidence has to be there because you're going to get targeted a lot when you have Trey White on one side of the field, when you have Poyer, when you have Hyde, when you have Taron Johnson in the slot, one of the best uh, nickel cornerbacks or slot cornerbacks in the league, he's going to get picked on a lot. And, and you need that confidence. You need that physical play at times. And, and I think that's what Elam's really going to bring to this team. Mm-hmm. You know, you could bring it to your team at home. Like, you know, if you, you if you like savings, go find the best rewards program that's out there. Uh, it's Value Home Centers. And uh, customers earn points for purchases every day that will bring you more savings. Go check it out. You go to valuehomecenters.com. They'll have all the details for you. Veterans and active military earn double points on every purchase every day. Here's the keys, Ryan Talbot. Take, take the wheel. Boy, where do we go next? You know, looking back at things, we've already kind of talked about the offense, a little bit sloppy of a day. Um, Defensively, who are some of the people, in your opinion, Matt, that maybe stood out to you today? That's a good question. Ed Oliver. And and one play. Good and bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say one play, maybe not so much. But listen, you're just seeing it again. This is a guy that's ultra confident, ultra quick. His quickness is, it's a blur, man. Like, I remember when he came in a little bit, like, heavy as a rookie. And I've almost feel like it's been this kind of slow slog to get to this point where I feel like he's got his body perfectly like tuned into what it needs to be for him to opt operate at uh, like ultimate or um, what, what's the word I'm looking for at um, optimal, optimal. There you go. See, you know what? You're in the dorm room. <laughs> you're feeling the vibe, right. optimal performance. And you can just see his footwork with the way that he gets on the line. He puts stress on the offensive line and those interior players every single time. Put a little pressure on Josh Allen, though, too, at one point. Yeah, and, you know, going back to his rookie season where he looked a little bit heavier, maybe that was just because he had heard all the – he's an undersized defensive tackle. He thought maybe he could pack on some more weight and still have that explosiveness, and it wasn't quite there. Now that what you see from him, he's in great shape, first of all. The pass rush arsenal is there. The first step is there. Uh, He looks like the real deal, Matt, and and when you have him on the same line as Von Miller – 
Uh, and eventually you have guys like Daquan Jones and Tim Settle and these other defensive tackles next to him. At, uh, one of the young guys on the opposite end. There's no reason for me to believe that Ed Oliver, and especially in those one-on-one matchups, can't dominate the opposing offensive linemen and really create havoc on the field. Where do you want to go next? Uh, well, let's see. I'm kind of going through your observations right now. Well, let's let's go with Marquez Stevenson because we, we talked him up a little bit a few days ago. Mm-hmm. What did you notice from him today? Let's get into Stevenson. Um, Pops in the comments asks about um, how, how long we think Micah Hyde will be out. I think this is something that you know he can maybe miss a couple days of practice depending on how long it lingers. The limp is going to be the part of it that's a concern right. to me because you're not going to send him back out there until he's able to run, cut, move. I mean, this could be something that maybe lingers, you know, maybe deep into next week, maybe into like maybe he misses. At this point, why would you play him in the preseason game? Right. You probably hold him out of that. But I don't necessarily think we see him on the practice field until after that game. I think that's a, a fair prediction. And, and that's all this is right now. We don't know uh, how serious it is, how, how much it's going to be lingering, or if it's going to cause him pain. But obviously the Bills are going to take this slow. If there's one player on defense, you don't have to worry about knowing the system. It's, it's Micah Hyde. Uh, he knows the ins and outs of this system. He can step onto the field. It, you know, even if you want to keep him out of all the preseason, he would be fine come week one. He would know what he had to do. He would know his responsibilities perfectly. So that would not be an issue whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, I think the Bills take this slow. Let those young guys get their reps between Johnson and Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Speaking of young guys, Marquette Stevenson, to your point, this is going to be something that if it continues to kind of be one of his bugaboos, it's going to be a problem. I mean, the guy's trying to make – a, a real run at a roster spot. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the game, how they approach kick return and punt return. If Stevenson gets opportunities, that could be a way, a path at least. But we don't know. I mean, Matt Smiley didn't really want to go too far into mm-hmm. it today. He didn't want to talk about who's up, who's down. I mean, they didn't address the position. Stevenson returned kicks last year. McKenzie returned kicks last year. Austin has a history where he's done it at times with punts. So they have a couple guys on the roster that can maybe be in the mix there. Um, so we'll see, but to me right now, I don't think just strictly as a receiver, Stevenson is making the roster. This was another bad drop today. It was like, you know, short pass out to the right. Just, you got to have hands there. Matt Barkley was, you know, threw a nice ball and he just, he just muffed it and bobbled it. Yeah. And we've talked about this. He's trying to make the, get that last roster spot. You already have so many guys in front of you. You already kind of lost some of the faith, in my opinion, on special teams based on the way he he played last year. He had some fumble issues. So if you're going to earn a role on this team, you have to step up at wide receiver and you have to build on your good days. And he had a good day a few days ago, but he comes back with a drop like this, and that's not going to help him. Uh, listen, the Pills are tracking every drop, every catch, everything that takes place at this training camp. And they're going to say, oh, it was another day where he dropped a ball. You need to be able to be depended on when you're on the field. And if the Bills feel like they can't depend on him, they're not going to go out of their way to find a roster spot for him. What's something that today, now being out here, walking around, you know, seeing the team practice, being at the facility, what's one big takeaway from you that kind of stood out, uh, maybe that we haven't talked about? It doesn't even have to be a football thing. It could be something that you've seen walking around campus. Well, football thing, I will say, you know, I already believe this, but the, the Gabe Davis hype, is, it's real. He's, mm-hmm. he's good. He, you know, you can see his confidence in, in uh, getting open. You can see the confidence that Josh Allen and company have in him. Uh, I think that he's going to be in line for a really big year, Matt. And listen, he's coming off of a game of the ages with four touchdowns uh, in a playoff matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Obviously, you can't have a game like that every week, but he's going to be someone that can be depended on on the, on the field to, to make big catches when the Bills need them because you still know that teams are going to be focused in so much on Stephon Diggs that you need someone reliable opposite him, and that's what Gabriel Davis is really going to be able to do this year. As for the campus, packed. You know, Kudos to Bills fans showing up. The, the tickets went fast for training camp, and these were not tickets that went unused. Uh, it, it was very well attended by the fan base today. It was not a Washington Commanders scenario where they had about 12 <laughs> fans in attendance, uh, which they blamed on parking issues and a lottery, whatever the case may be there. Uh, really good turnout by the Bills fans, and it was great to see. Yeah, it's just fun walking around and seeing people so excited to be back together, part of it, right? Like not not having this for two years you miss the camaraderie and being around Bills fans and then watching. Uh, you know, it's been a struggle at times for the offense, but I think just seeing all these superstars and, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Von Miller spent a lot of time with the fans this week. It's pretty cool. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Let's dive into the tight end room a little bit because uh, Pops brings it up about uh, Dawson Knox. He did have a couple of drops today. The one on the sideline was really tough, and he was running kind of vertically, uh, kind of towards the left sideline, and he was wearing that guardian cap while he was running the route, which that's got to be tough. Um, Hit his hands, probably should have caught it in a perfect world. Um, In the end zone, pretty good pass from Josh Allen. He had it, and I don't know if a defender ripped it out. But that ended up not being a touchdown. Allen ended up running in for a touchdown a few plays later. But I want to start with asking you, where is, and I'll, I'll chime in as well, where's your confidence meter at with Knox in terms of 50-50 ball, got to have it. Like if the ball's in the air, big time moment, how much confidence do you have in Knox if the ball goes his way? That's a great question, man, because it wavers. Uh, he is not someone that has shown sure hands. He's He made some big plays last season. He was a, a top the tight end rankings for touchdowns, but he still had some drops. He had some drops last year. He's had some drops this year. The, the confidence level will never be at the level of a Diggs or a Gabriel Davis, and maybe he'll never even be at the level of a, a Shakir based on very, very early returns. But he is still such a mismatch for opposing defenses that that's always going to help him. He's always going to be able to correct mistakes, make another play down the road. But if it's a one play scenario where you need him to come up and grab it game on the line, I can't sit here and say right now that I am oozing with confidence in this guy. I'm I'm not either. Um, and, and that's not to say it's a knock on knock knocks. I think he has made some big plays over the course of his career and he has the potential to do so. But I just think there's also a difference. You bring up Shakir, a difference in fundamentally how you catch a football. Like I was watching in uh, warmups and you mentioned Khalil. So I'll, I'll use him as an example. I'm not a football coach, but like you could just kind of see when people are doing repetitive things, like going through a, a catching drill, you could see what guys like Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakir, Isaiah McKenzie, Tavon Austin, they do. They did. They were running this one uh, drill where they were coming through um, as they were, they were kind of like running through 
they had like a pipe square and they had to run through the square, kind of turn around and get their hands up and catch the ball. And the thing that I really noticed about those four that I just mentioned is they'd run the route, get through as soon as they turned their head, their hands were up ready to catch the ball. Right. So that's like fundamentally like you need your hands out in front so you can kind of move them around and catch the ball. I, from, from my perspective, that makes a lot of sense. I was watching Stevenson quote closely. He reacted once the ball was thrown to him. That's when he raised his hands. Yeah. And so like, if you're raising your hands after the ball is thrown, you're not only going to have to raise your hands to the ball, but then you have to move depending on where the ball is. I just think that fundamentally speaking, that I think some of these guys, they, they just need to kind of go back to the basic basics. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, it, and it's interesting to think that uh, I'm sure the bills know this. I'm sure they do things. They do drills. It's not like the bills are overlooking this, but I think maybe going back and really saying, Hey, listen, focus on this, have those hands up, be ready for the ball. Don't put your, your hands up too late because then, like you said, it's an adjustment. It's a timing issue. There's a lot of things that can take place, bounce off the hands, uh, and that can lead to turnovers in, in a real live game situation. And it can in practice, too, which we saw a few times today on, on deflected passes. So a really good point. But, yeah, Knox himself. Listen, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he gets a contract here, what that's going to look like. Uh, I feel like the David Njoku contract really kind of messed things up a little bit for – talented tight ends that uh, maybe haven't put up the consistent stat lines and Joku has the talent hasn't been able to really show that Knox has the talent had a career year so you'd like to think his contracts would be very similar to that which it's a it's a pretty hefty payday if you don't have your utmost confidence in him it's I see a comment in here it's uh it's, it can't be too easy to catch fastballs from Josh Allen that's that's true right yeah hundred percent he throws hard but you know what it is easy to do while you're watching here on your phone or on your tablet or your laptop? Smash that like button. Subscribe to the show as well. It takes a quick second. We love that you're in here participating in the chat. Uh, always so much energy, especially on these post-practice uh, episodes. I want to stay at tight end. Um, Pops mentioned it. Uh, he was out of practice today as well. So he's, he's been kind of throwing some stuff in the chat. Great stuff, uh, by the way. Tommy Sweeney. Mm-hmm. I wrote about him in the, in the column today, and I think – He's really interesting if he can kind of get going and, and maybe recapture some of some of that rookie season magic that he had. He was a really reliable target, especially when Knox went out early. Yeah. I thought that him and Allen were kind of starting to develop a little bit of a connection. And, you know, Quentin Morris has had a nice start to camp. But I think there's an opportunity if they're going to keep three tight ends, which I think at in at their heart of hearts, if Sweeney could kind of stand out on special teams, which I think he's done it at, at certain points of his career, they probably want to keep three tight ends just in case. Sweeney can do a lot over the next month to earn that spot. And, you know, if he has big preseason games, a lot like he did a couple of years ago, I think he's right back on the roster potentially. I think that's a fair take. And and listen, my first three-man roster projection I had, Knox, Howard, and then I had Reggie Gilliam as that hybrid fullback uh, tight end. But it, it is kind of important to have a, a third true tight end waiting in the wings in case an injury takes place. Because if the Bills were to lose Knox or Howard for a few weeks, then all of a sudden, in, in my 53-man roster projection scenario, Reggie Gilliam is not really a fullback anymore. He's got to be more focused in on being a tight end mm-hmm. and the role, role and responsibility of that. If you have someone that's waiting there on this roster or that can actually step in and be a true tight end, that's big. So, yeah, Sweeney has a true opportunity. He made some plays today. Bills can stash a tight end as well on the practice squad, obviously, and promote week to week. But I think there is a, a path or an avenue for Sweeney to make it. 
if he keeps making plays in offense and he shows up on special teams. I know uh, this is a popular topic in the comments usually when we're doing these shows is talking about some of those depth offensive linemen players. And I was kind of impressed today with two names that I wanted to bring up on the show. If you're looking for people to watch closely in the preseason games, you're going to want to start with Luke Tenuta because this dude is an absolute mammoth of a man. He's huge. I mean, Doyle's huge. Brown's huge. Tenuta's like thick too. Like Brown is Brown is too, but I don't know. There's just something a little bit different when you look at Luke Tenuta. And he had a rep today against uh, Shaq Lawson in the one-on-ones where I was like, wow. I mean, he just he absolutely shut down Shaq Lawson in two, three different spots. Yeah. Uh, and, and one-on-ones are completely different than a live in-game no scenario. No, no pads. pads. Yep. But you're seeing the promise. You're seeing the raw athleticism. You're seeing little things of, okay, this is why the Bills drafted this guy mm-hmm. um, because they they went back-to-back with uh, giant offensive tackles last year. So it wasn't necessarily expected they were going to go back to that well this year, and, and they did. And if he can show things like that too, it's, it's a tough path to a roster spot. But he's going to be someone that they're going to try to stash on the practice squad if he doesn't make the roster, someone that they can develop and bring along. And, and they do have a history of bringing along different players uh, at different spots, obviously, in terms of developing them and then having them on the main roster sooner rather than later. Uh, AJ Epinesa has been one of the hottest names at camp on the defensive side of the ball outside of Von Miller, obviously, and Oliver. He had another really great practice today. I mean, a couple really like shut down, like beat your man, get into the backfield. I think he had a sack as well. But there was two occasions where he was going up against uh, undrafted free agent rookie uh, Alec Anderson, uh, who's playing over there at left tackle. And Anderson, not only did he hold up, but on one play, he absolutely stuffed up Vanessa. Yeah, Alec Anderson, in terms of value, is maybe their best undrafted free agent addition. He had a draftable grade, according to a few different analysts. Uh, fell through the cracks of the draft. Bills were able to get him. He has ties to this coaching staff. Uh, relative on the special teams coaching staff, in in fact. But from a skill perspective, he's showing what he can do right now, and I, I like that a lot. Can he continue to do that? Can he continue to show that he's worth being on this team going forward? Obviously not a main roster guy, in my opinion, right now, but practice squad. You get him on there, you bring him along, maybe 2023, maybe 2024 is, is when he gets that opportunity. Where do you want to go next? We've got a few minutes left. Um, I, I see a question here about James Cook. I want to quickly point out Duke Johnson. He's a lot bigger than, you know, in person when I was expecting And early in his career, he was just that natural pass catcher, but he was really good running the ball last year in Miami. And I could see why based on his actual build in person, uh, James Cook, I thought it was kind of a quiet day for this Cook. was the and quietest day. For him, it, yeah. it was. And again, it all goes back to the offensive line play. It goes back to the fact that they had trouble getting things going, but I saw him make some really nice catches and drills today. Again, you you see those natural hands uh, that could really end up paying dividends for the Bills in the regular season. Let's get to the uh, punters real quick. We saw Matt Hawk. He was the holder today. And listen, it's not even worth probably observing that because the guy is like, that's the reason he remained on the roster last year. Brandon Bean said as much. So he's not going to have any like screw ups in that department. If he did, I was joking with Joe Biscay. I'm like, is that going to lead your story? If he like, flubs one of these uh, holds and he's like 100%. (laughs) And so that wasn't the case, obviously, but we heard from the specialists today after practice, you were over there while I was watching uh, writing observations. Any takeaways from any of that? You know, just that both of the mats, Ariza and Hawk, they're, they're working well together. They are 
Um, anytime that Arise has a question, Hawk has been really good about giving that information. So even though it's a competition, uh, Hawk, to his credit, is going out of his way to help mentor this young punter. Uh, Smiley had a lot of good things to say about both of them, kind of a neck and neck competition. Both are doing a good job holding. Mm-hmm. Both are doing a good job punting here early. Uh, yeah, my opinion, my opinion only, I still think this is Arise's job as long as he does not have a horrendous camp preseason. But to to Hawks' credit, he's had a very nice camp thus far. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up, we got a chance to talk to Matt Smiley this morning, the special teams quarter, like, like you mentioned. And I asked him about Balin Specter because yes. really Specter's only path to the roster, in my opinion, is if he's absolutely lights out on special teams. As soon as I asked him that, he said, yeah, he's been great. Made a point to go out of his way to mention that Terrell Bernard has also been yeah. a standout on special teams. So I, I've seen comments over the last couple of weeks about uh, Terrell Bernard and how he's looked. I, I think he he flies around on defense, but I think if he's starting to really settle in on special teams, that's where I think in year one, he can have his biggest impact. I, I think that's that's the perfect way of putting it because even though he was a third round pick and in the case of Bernard, you still need him to step up on special teams. The Bills had three linebackers uh, among their highest you know, snap counts for special teams last year. So he could step right into one of those roles. And Andre Smith's going to be out for six games. Six games. And, you know, potentially that could be a bail inspector role too. He could play a little bit of special teams in that spot, but both rookies are showing up uh, very well on special teams right now. He had a lot of praise for Taiwan Jones. No surprise there. Jones, you know, 34, 35. Uh, He said he just celebrated a birthday and still playing at a high level. So, you know, th- this team, I think as long as Sean McDermott's here, this team is going to still covet special teams mm-hmm. play, and that's going to factor into these final roster spots. Um, I think also I've been giving him a lot of love, but Dane Jackson, really, really just solid throughout yep. training camp. And I think sometimes you get to the point where a guy's so solid that, you know, you just you just flip on to the next person. And you, and you don't spend time talking about just being reliable. And that's what he's been so far. Had a big play today, was up against Gabriel Davis early on in practice. Josh Allen tried to air it out, tried to start things off in a big way. Really sticky coverage, made a play, popped the ball up in the air. Uh, Poyer comes over and he actually intercepts it. Uh, but Dane Jackson, he's been really good. Yeah, he had outstanding coverage. He was in the right spot. He timed everything perfectly. And like you said, you know, if you can't come up with the ball, the next best thing you could almost do is bat it up like he did. Uh, and it went right into the arms of Jordan Poyer. So, Excellent coverage on that play. And I think, yeah, I think first play of the pretty much of that uh, 11 on 11 that they were doing. So you're right. Alan was trying to start it off on a high note. Paul Colangelo over on YouTube says uh, he's been going to Bill's game since 1964. Shout out uh, to Paul. That is a that is quite a run. Thank you so much for listening to us. Appreciate the kind words. Ryan and I actually both grew up. We're, we're, we're locals, right? We, we grew up in Buffalo. We come from families that have been long, decades-long Bills fans that have gone to games, that have watched this team as well. So, I don't know. There's always a little soft spot in my heart for people that, you know, have been grinding at this for that many years because this team at times has been tough to tough to be a fan of and to, to have that kind of commitment. And listen, if you're, in, if you're a Bills fan, it, it doesn't really matter about the ups and downs. It's just about being a Bills fan. It's kind of part of the identity, but 
Shout out to Paul. That's yeah, cool. shout out to Paul. And, and you're right. Listen, we cover the team now, and I still get asked all the time, will you be excited at the Bills win the Super Bowl? It's, well, I cover the team, but I'd be excited for my family. Right. I'd be excited for my friends that have been those diehard fans that have gone and sat in terrible elements and sat through some pretty terrible teams. Uh, so it's a lot different for us now, but it, it is awesome to hear about you know the, the fans, these diehard fans that have been here for so long, uh, watching the team in person. So, you know, Paul, hopefully, hope for your sake, this is the year and for all the Bills fans that that uh, maybe this is the year that they put put it together for real. Um, what's your right now? Let's do this final exercise before we get out of here. What's your receiving room at 53 man roster cut down? Obviously, you have Diggs Davis. You have Isaiah McKenzie. You have Shakir. I'm still given a spot right now to Jamison Crowder. And for uh, I'm gonna only keep six, and I unless I'm missing some, I'm going Tavon Austin. So you're cutting Jay Kumro. I am, and he's gonna be a priority uh, practice squad type of player. That said, he always seems to land somewhere when the Bills do part ways with him. He was with the Saints one year, but then they were able to bring him back, and it'll be tough. But I, I think that maybe they they can kind of sneak him out of the practice squad. Yeah, I think. If I had to make my best guess, Crowder's on the team, so I go with your first five, and then Kumaro instead of Austin because I think they can get Austin back on the practice squad. Makes but sense. I don't hate it. The reason I bring this up is because somebody was asking about Isaiah Hodgins. And listen, I think I think Hodgins is like a fun idea, right? Like it's a fun player that his skill set is different than anything that anybody else does in the room. Like that big slot, almost like a quasi tight end. And maybe they carve out a role for him like that. Maybe they end up saying, you know, you know, I don't think that would work. Like keeping just Howard and Knox and then just having Hodgins being kind of some weird quasi big receiver tight end role. It just wouldn't work. I don't know if he's that good as a blocker. So I think that he probably lands on the practice squad. And I think you're okay with that because I don't think that anybody's going to be clamoring to pick him up. He hasn't just, he just hasn't done enough, but his size is interesting. And, at times, he'll make a play here or there where you're like, hmm, all right, I want to I want to think more about this. And so as long as you're doing that and making people think more about it as opposed to Stevenson, who every couple of days is like, can this guy hold on to the ball? You'd rather be in the Hodgins spot than the Stevens, oh, Stevenson spot. Yeah, absolutely. And the coaching staff will keep coming back to you if you make plays here and there, if you prove to be trustworthy and maybe have that upside. It kind of goes back to our talk a few days ago about Mike Love. Mike Love's found a way to stick on this practice squad and on this roster for years right. because he's been reliable. He's made plays from time to time. Maybe that is the the role of the Isaiah Hodgins going forward and, until maybe something happens where he can get promoted and get a real opportunity in game. Uh, but, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Uh, Thomas Falzone always dropping these uh, super chats on us, kind of random and really far down the road, but hoping Kyrie Elam can go against Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill. Would also like to see Saran do more blitzing this year. Very excited for this year's defense. Now, I saw – I've not been able to kind of track down where he said it, but I did see a one of those graphics that gets, made, that gets put around, and basically it said that um, – I don't really want to say it because what if he didn't say it? I'm not going to say it. Tune in tomorrow. I'll do the research. I'll, I'll make sure and I'll find out if Tyreek said it. Let's oh, just, yesterday. He yeah, did say this. He did say that. What was the quote? It, well, I can't remember it word for word, but we're going to be. Uh, Why am I worried about playing the Bills twice oh, a year? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I didn't see that one. Sorry. Stay tuned for this. <laughs> I want to track down where he actually said it. And if he said it, A, we're probably going to have to get a story up yeah. on that because the, when you see this quote, you're going to be like, whoa. Again, 
I don't want to say it because it, it, like maybe sometimes people put stuff out there and the person didn't actually say it. And I don't know if I got it all the way down to the source. So hang out on that. But in terms of Elam, in your eyes, can he be the guy that you just lock up on one of the speedy guys? Like in my opinion, it's going to be tough because Waddle and Hill are, ta- are are fast, but the faster guys, can he be somebody that can hang with him? I, I think that he's going to have that ability. I think he'll have the ability as well. I don't think the Bills necessarily are going to have him do that, put him on an island on his own, though, right out of the gate. I think you're going to have that safety help uh, depending on who's playing ops to him or depending on the matchups that you have elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, in time, I, I see nothing but confidence from Kyrie Elam. Yeah, and I like that about his game because if you have a short memory in this league, Matt, uh, even on plays where maybe you know you, you get beaten here or there and you come back, you don't let that phase you. By all means, uh, he's going to keep getting better and better as a player. And I, I see, you know, I've already seen some things just today in in person from him, and then also from your observations in terms of the level of his play. He seems to be getting more and more confident, more and more comfortable each and every day here. I'm looking this up. I'm trying to find out where he said it, but you see like on this, it doesn't actually say where he said it, like where it's coming from. So like, I don't know. Right. If it's legitimate, if it's legitimate, because I do want to kind of like dive into this a little bit. I'll do the work on that tonight. See if I can figure out where it came from. Um, But it definitely was not kind words about the bills, defensive secondary, but he's also pretty tight with Jordan Poyer. So, it kind of is, it feels a little odd that he would have said something that specific and that direct. But, yeah, we're given bulletin board material for right. a team you're going to see two times per year. But I wouldn't be absolutely shocked because this guy just, he all he is about right now is talking about everything that comes into his head, which is smart. I mean, like the athlete podcast right now, it's it's booming. It's booming business. It is. And I'm telling you, he has hyped up Tua to the fact where Tua better be uh, the real deal this year right out of the gate because if he's not, there's going to be a lot of people with receipts for some of the things that he said. Indeed. All right. Uh, I think that'll do it. Thank you so much to Thomas who uh, brought the, brought the super chat. That's always super cool. Speaking of super cool text value V a L U to eight zero six nine two. You'll join value home centers text program. You'll receive a $10 off a $40 purchase purchase coupon. Plus be the first to know about new products, new deals, New ads, new everything. everything. Value home centers. Ryan Talbot, man, it's great to have you out here. Excited. You like you like flinch there. Did you think I was going to hit you? I, no, I thought you were going in for a handshake. I'm like, all right, I'll go in for the handshake. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on there. Two for flinching. Um, <laughs> no, this is great, man. It's it, it's so cool. We're able to like cover these events together and have two, you know, four feet on the ground instead of two. It's just a good time. Had fun today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. All right, for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. This is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Brought to you by Value Home Centers. Hit that like button, subscribe before you go. Find us on all the audio platforms. We'll be right back here tomorrow afternoon. See you then. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. Hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.